Super cool intro song. Woo! Welcome everybody to This Is Definitely Not A Podcast, episode one. Bear with us. This is my first time hosting a podcast, and this is Evil Monstar's first time on a podcast. Cheers, Cheers. to you, brother. Uh, getting a little feedback. So give us a second. All right. So first of all, our intros, our sponsors are 360 Real Talk Studios, uh, Hoodie Goodies, obviously, uh, This Is Not Art, and Noise Ninjas, which you can follow all of those on Facebook. So go ahead and do that. Like this page, the page that this is on right now, because that's the thing to do. And yep, yeah, but I'm intro song. Um, Evil Monster, dude, what's up? What's going on, man? How are you doing, bud? I'm doing good, bud. It's good to see you. We've been talking about this for a while now. A long time. I think pretty much since the first time that uh, we hung out and had a conversation, I was like, we should record this and force people to watch it. Why not? <laughs> but, um, so yesterday was 420. That's when we were supposed to do the podcast, but since, Happy holiday, by the way. Yes, yes. Happy holiday to you, sir. Since, uh... We both had to work because neither one of us is famous yet. Indeed. What is happening? This is definitely not a podcast. Episode one. Bear with us. This is my first time hosting a podcast. Hold on. Okay. I'm not tripping. All right. I think we got it. All right. So we were supposed to do the podcast yesterday, but we both had to work because neither one of us is famous. So you were plumbing, right? Indeed. Did you have to clean any like dirty toilets or anything like that? No, luckily um, I was just laying pipe. <laughs> I feel like that was a joke that you just uh, made, but you know we'll let that slide. <laughs> I did tree work yesterday, and then I got off and hung out for a little bit with my dog, and then I had to go over to the comedy club and run food for a little bit, make a little extra dough. So that I could afford to celebrate 420 today with you, my friend. There you go. So I'm glad to have you. How, how'd you like that edible? I did like that edible. Yeah? Yeah, and for, uh, for legal reasons, this podcast was filmed in parts unknown. Colorado. Where, <laughs> where marijuana is perfectly legal. And uh, that's was a CBD edible. Right, it was CBD. Yeah, totally legal. It was just an edible. It was just food. It's just, you know, we would like to use the word edible because you eat it. <laughs> no, but when was, how old were you the first time you got high? Probably 16. 16? Maybe, maybe 15, but probably, I think I was 16. I think I was like 14, dude. It was like seventh grade. Okay. It's like All 13 right. or 14. I was definitely in high school. I can't remember if it was freshman, freshman or saw or sophomore year maybe I I can't remember. Yeah, I remember. Um, I smoked with it's these guys. They're cousins. One of their dad is a priest, and the other one is a deacon. <laughs> and we went Sounds down. Like the start to a bad joke, <laughs> right? So a priest's son and a deacon's son walk into my house and offer me a joint. No. But yeah, so we went down to the end of the street and smoked a joint. And then uh, we came back to the house, just ripped ass, laughing our asses off. And my dad was like, what's so funny? And we all froze. Nothing. And uh, 
my dad was like, who's got the weed? I want to get high. I was like, oh, shit. And uh, my life was changed ever since that moment, pretty much. So I don't exactly remember the first time that I got high, but I definitely remember the first time that I got caught. <laughs> and we were very inexperienced at smoking. And so we rolled some weed up in a report card. <laughs> and... um basically got stoned out of our minds went to a subway and tried to order some food and made a scene and uh, <laughs> apparently one of my dad's friends saw me there and uh, called him and told him about it so i came home one day uh with a drug test waiting for me and uh yeah that was that's was all she wrote for a few years and i got drug tested at home for a while after that really so it was like total opposite mm -hmm. see because once my dad found out I smoked, at first he was against it, but then he was like, man, like, he's going to smoke regardless, right? If I tell him no, it's just going to make him rebel more. And he's going to go smoke in places where he can get caught. So his logic was, well, smoke at the house, smoke where I know you're at, and I know that you're safe, and you're right. not doing stupid shit like making a scene at Subway. I mean, that'd be my rule if I, you know, had kids or whatever, especially of smoking age. Right. Yeah, what do you... Uh, that was what, what I was about to ask. What do you think the age is? If you and your girlfriend had a kid now, how long from now do you think it would be before? You go, okay, 15, 16, 18? I mean, I can't fully condone it before 18. But, right. and I mean, honestly, the the more, the longer it's been around, the more research they've done shows that you really shouldn't smoke weed when you're a kid. It's not good for you. It's not, it in, inhibits, you know, your body's growth and your brain's development. And it's not... This is not something you should do until you're an adult. Right, right. So then it's like, you know, if you find out your kid's doing it, then how do you try to combat that and go, hey, you know, you want to prevent all that, but you don't want to be, you know, a Nazi about it and be so strict that it forces them to want to rebel. Because for the most part, teenagers want to rebel against their parents. That's a hard one. Um, and I, I think every every single kid is going to be, you know, a case-by-case -case basis. That's uh, true. But, you know, for a lot of kids, I think that, you know, you got to just show them, you know, hey, this is what the studies have shown. You know, if, if people that are younger using, you know, cannabis, and you need to pay attention to that, you know, regardless of the, you know, positive benefits of that, what it does have. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's that's the one thing is, as much as you and I like to smoke, we have to be aware that there are some negativities to it or some draws that are more abuse than, like, use. You know what I mean? I mean, it's definitely fun to party. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I don't know. I, I don't think being an all-day pot smoker or... Vaping all day, doing dabs all day isn't something like a 15 or 16 year old. No, absolutely not. No, no, they should still be out building tree houses. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Trying out for sports teams, like, do something with your life. Um, I don't know, I find sometimes that, like, smoking is just something to do in between actual activities. You know what I mean? As much as I hate to admit that, because I'm a smoker, I do think that sometimes it's just something I do because there's nothing else to fucking do. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that, but what better thing to do when there's nothing else to do? <laughs> right, right. That's that's definitely true. But there are, like, certain... I guess I could be cleaning or something like that. <laughs> yeah. My girlfriend would definitely say that. <laughs> well, she's not here right now. <laughs> so, um... 
So you started smoking when you were like 16. Right, but then I didn't for a long time after that. So when did you start again? Well, I was probably, I think I was 18 when I started smoking again. Um, and I went over to a buddy of mine's house, and uh, we were smoking hookah. And he kept being like, you know, here, man, smoke some more of this, smoke some more of this. I was like, yeah, dude, I feel like, I kind of feel high. He was like, he just starts laughing. He was like, I put hash in the hookah. <laughs> so and it I went was, from from weed to piss test to not smoking the hash secretly in the hookah. Yeah, and I got stupid high that night. Missed school the next day. Everything. And uh, it was... Uh, it was, but then I was like avidly smoking after that. <laughs> right, I was so mad at first. I was like, "Dude, my parents pissed test me, man. What are you gonna? What am I gonna do?" Yeah, right. but then they never did again. So it all worked out. It all worked out. But I remember when my dad was pissed test me. He wake me up at like five o'clock in the morning, so I wouldn't be ready. And he'd be like, "Quit your grinning and drop your linen and throw the cup at me." I'm like, "Oh man." <laughs> He was like a pee in the cup, and I was like not smoking because I was afraid to get caught. Right, he's like so, correctional officer with his own little catchphrase and everything. Dude, oh, that's was, really funny. Yeah, it was. It was bad. It was bad. <laughs> it could have been worse. At least it wasn't like PCP laced hookah. Well, when I, initially when I started smoking again, though, man, I started like having to get like some like my brother's clean pee and some other people's clean pee, and like I'd literally just sleep with this bag of clean pee between my legs every single night. Right, so you could wake up. Yes, yeah, so I'd be ready. I'd be ready for him. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm glad I never really had to deal with that. There was a couple times where my dad was like, "You need to blah blah blah," but. It never really lasted that long. I think my mom has kind of accepted it now at this point. I don't think she knows it's the extent of what it of what it actually is, but she she like respects, you know, me as an adult to make my own choices, which is which is nice. She brought me a weed bracelet back one time for Jamaica. <laughs> so she knows. She's not like completely yeah, yeah. naive. No, no, she's not dumb. She might not be a fan of it, but she's like, well, at least he's not doing it. No, she used to smoke when she was a teenager, and then she started going to church and stuff when she became an adult. And I mean, you can't She's not her. about it. Her biggest thing is the legality thing, and I think that's my dad's thing as well. You know, um, she, she doesn't really drink or do anything at all, but, you know, he definitely drinks you know here and there and uh you know i think i think it's it's mostly the legal thing you know he's he's works for the government and they that makes sense that makes so. sense um no i have friends parents who are like that too like they're kind of aware of it but they try to turn a blind eye to it because right. because of the job that they have the security clearance that they have and stuff so that makes sense we do live in that kind of area so close to the pentagon and dc and richmond that there's all kinds of people around here that work for the government some sort of form or fashion but no it could have been worse at least he didn't give you like a dmt bong or something i've always thought about that like what if somebody handed me a i mean i'd enjoy the trip i'd take the ride but to somebody who doesn't know what dm or just not expecting dmt yeah yeah no, that's not something you should do to anybody no. i mean even charles manson said you know that's one of the worst things that's probably like the worst thing you could do somebody was give them a psychedelic drug without them without knowing their knowledge it. yeah, yeah. If Charles Manson says something is bad, then <laughs> I guess we should listen. <laughs> right. Oh my god. Um so you've done psychedelics before, haven't you? Ah, uh, indeed. Yeah. What's 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 your go to? What's your favorite? Well, it used to be mushrooms. Um 
and I started using mushrooms because I wasn't allowed to smoke weed anymore, and I knew mushrooms weren't going to show up on oh, really? any of my dad's drug tests, and so I uh, just started using mushrooms, and I dove in head first, and I was I was doing shrooms like two, three times a week um, for many months. Nice. Um, no, well, <laughs> yeah, I guess you could say that. Some fun experiences. Um, a lot of times by yourself, too? Uh, many times by myself. Um then with friends, and then I'd be like, call some friends and eat a bunch of mushrooms, and they'd like pick me up, like, "Oh, you're tripping again." I'm like, "Yeah, man." They like, "Well, we can only chill for like thirty minutes, so good luck." <laughs> yeah, right. We can't babysit you. Yeah, years, so right? that uh, that 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 kind of stopped quick, and then I had a a really intense mushroom trip um, at a friend's house where I had multiple out of body experiences and. In my mind, talked to what I thought was God, I guess, at the time, or something, some spirit, spiritual entity, much larger than myself. Some force. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, he, they basically told me that I was abusing what I was, the substances that I was using, and I needed to fucking cool my jets, and so I did, and, and I've been kind of too afraid to do mushrooms ever since. That's so. really interesting. I've never heard anybody, I've heard people tell it, like experiences on dmt ayahuasca mushrooms where they meet some sort of entity or have some sort of experience where they learn something about themselves whether it's i need to quit drinking or you know i need to chill out with my anger issues or whatever the problem may be but i've never heard of somebody having a psychedelic experience and then the being entity god whatever you want to call it right actually say hey man you need to cool on this a little bit like it's a tool to use and you're abusing it to like party or and, escape. And that's kind of how I've ever since that point have always viewed psychedelics is that it's not, it's not here just to like party and have a good time. And I've never used them in that kind of way. And when I, when I tried to, it was always not, uh, not so good experience. Right. That's and, the same. You know, I, it's, it, there's a, I can't remember who said it, but, uh, Hey Jamie, can we pull that up? <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's a, there's a, a guy, he, he said basically like, you know, if it's like a telephone, you, you get the right. call, you receive the message, you hang the phone up. You don't, just keep the phone to your ear the whole time. Right. So it's 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 a tool for you to use. You know, same, you know, if you build in a house, you use your drill to drill your hole. You don't keep using that drill to hammer nails in and do everything else. It's you use that drill and you put it up when it's done. And it's people people abuse psychedelics way too often in my opinion. Um, you know, it can definitely be a good escape. And definitely I think a good thing for everyone to well, everyone within reason to do and um, you just gotta be careful how often you're doing right, it. right. You know, See you know what, what reality to escape you? Because when I was doing mushrooms two or three times a week, after I stopped, it took it took months for things to go back to reality. You know, I would I would have like visuals and stuff still, and and all sorts of weird psychological things like going on, and it, it took a long time to get back to normal. Yeah, you, you get spacey. Uh, you get caught in that like in between land of yep. psychedelics and reality, and it's that's not healthy. You're right. I mean, it can be abused, just like you know, hard drugs like cocaine or opiates. You know what I mean? You can take some some you know hydrocodone because you hurt your back, or you can snort the hell out of it because you want to party. Yeah. Um, in my experience, I like doing, I like group psychedelic trips, you know, for that like camaraderie. Same. I, yeah, I won't use psychedelics by myself anymore. I guess I'm too afraid of myself. <laughs> too afraid of yourself. I like the introspective trips though too, the by myself, you know, a lot of my first 
my first mushroom trip was with my ex and it was a fucking bad trip like we were out there time stopped for sure like had a bad trip mushroom trip with an ex one time and it was it was probably like the second or third time i'd ever tried mushrooms her first time and uh we we had a friend driving us around and we went to mcdonald's ordered this cheeseburger and Took a bite out of it. I was like, man, this cow died so I could eat its flesh for a buck. <laughs> and uh, It's true. Yeah, it's, like so I went vegetarian you. for a little while. Really? For, not, yeah, for, well, for the duration of the trip, basically. <laughs> but so we're on our way back home, and she just starts, like, sobbing uncontrollably. And I'm like, what's wrong? What's wrong? She's like, she starts, like, talking, and nothing's, like, coming out of her mouth. And basically, I'm trying to, like, for, she, like, texted me. She was like, I can't talk. I don't know what's wrong. And I'm like, you're just freaking out, man. Like, you need to chill out. And she, like, starts, like, trying to call her, like, parents and stuff. Like, you can't do that. And I, like, grab her phone, throw it out the window. <laughs> yeah, so um, it was both of our first times doing mushrooms. And actually, what happened was I was cool, right? And then she puked, which is normal. Everybody that does mushrooms knows that's, like, normal. You're purging. You know what I mean? You're going to puke unless you you got to catch them and re-eat them. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Or you just watch the fractals and the throw-up. That's the what I like to do. But, um, so that kind of freaked me out, you know, and that kind of gave me, like, anxiety. I started having the bad vibes and the bad trip. Her trip got so bad that she wanted to, like, call her mom and shit like that. And I'm like, no, Why do no. girls always want to call their moms? No, you can't do that, bro. Like, uh, she wanted to call an ambulance at one point, and I was like... No, no, no <laughs> you are not thing, allowed no. to do that. Like, this is how we get on the internet in a bad way. <laughs> um, but no, that was that was kind of a horrifying trip at certain points, and it kind of turned me off psychedelics for a while. But then, I can imagine, you know, in the first couple times I ever really did this stuff, I didn't realize how you know I wasn't into like entheogens and the kind of the idea that these are some sort of chemical property that has been given here to us by some creator, some higher power, whatever used to, you know, that's how I view psychedelics for the most part, that it's, it's It's at least like peyote mushroom, stuff like that. It's a gift Um, tool. So, you know, before I knew that I was just partying with it, but then you have the group trips with people and it's really like you get the camaraderie and the bonding and the, mm-hmm. the tribal experience and, you know, friends for life. You learn a lot about each other and yourselves. But then the... You or know, so you think. So you think. You think you're smart. And then you wake up the next morning and listen to the podcast that you recorded. And you're like, what the fuck was I talking about? What the fuck is going on here? <laughs> That's the podcast I did in Boston. Oh, my God. I thought... I thought... Oh, yeah. I remember you posting about that. I thought that that room was going to become my tomb. I thought that I was banished to doing podcasting for life. <laughs> well, jokes on you. This actually has DMT. In it. <laughs> I think everybody would have known by now because I would have laid back. <laughs> well, um, Scott's already drooling. <laughs> Thank you for another episode of This Is Not a Podcast. <laughs> he was your host, <laughs> but no, um, that was not Scott Wharton. You know, for like years when I. You know, the times I did psychedelics, it was with friends. And then finally, I had a large amount of mushrooms. And I was eating them like... I would eat an eight every other night for two weeks straight. 
So what is that? It's like seven or eight days every other night. And I would lay in my room in darkness and listen to like Richard Pryor radio or, <laughs> or Daniel Tosh radio or something like that on wow. Pandora. And listen listen to to I've never listened to stand-up while I was tripping, but yeah. it's, a, it's an interesting concept. Yeah. I would definitely uh, enjoy trying. And the, the, the Richard Pryor one would play a lot of Robin Williams. So it'd be like him, like that. And I'm fucking, you know, bonked out on mushrooms, laying in my bed in the dark, looking up at some Chris Dyer, you know, tapestry. That I love Chris Dyer. I love man. Chris Dyer, too. You know, I had that tapestry for years, right? And then... Um, the the Which one? The... So it's it's two. peeling peeling bodies. No, 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 not the one that you have. It's the two faces, and one's like saying yes, yes, yes. The one's saying no, no, no. Mm. It was like an owl. And yeah, yeah. They're blasting off. I've They're seen that one too. Very clearly blasting off. My my uncle got it for me at some head shop, and I didn't, you know, I, I didn't think. I mean, I thought it was trippy and awesome. And then the first time that I smoked DMT, we used that tapestry to cover the window in the living room right and when i opened my eyes during like the experience that tapestry came the fuck alive like <laughs> there's an eye on it and the eye no there wasn't an eye like it just peeled out of nowhere an eye opened and it scanned the room and like looked at everybody and then just closed and disappeared back into the shit and i was like what the fuck this is real like this is something else the dmt elves were like they're yeah. doing it yeah. <laughs> it was like um it was like sauron or whatever from the lord of the Sauron. Ring. yeah dude that's what it reminds me of that's the black hole um I'm, we've talked before obviously this isn't our first conversation you've done dmt before do you mm-hmm. do you have any like profound experiences that stand um, out to you that you remember Honestly, uh, the the times that I used it, I was significantly younger, and um, I'm pretty sure I fucked it up. <laughs> I mean, I definitely got fucked up, and I kind of felt like I blacked out on one of them, but like I never, I never full on had a like a blast off. Man. Right, right, right. And, and really at this point, that. again, you know, because of this whole mushroom mushroom situation. I'm almost afraid, and I, you know, I kind of like who I am right now, and I'm not necessarily ready to change who I am because something else told me if that's right. what were to happen. So you don't want to come out of it and be but, like, you know, somebody that we know that's just like crazy speak all the time, right? Right. One of those guys that's just like speaks in riddles and. <laughs> and I'm not saying that I wouldn't uh, again, but right um, now is not the right time. Right now is not the right time, nor do I have the right place and. That's true. That's true. I think set and setting um, is definitely that's important and key. I think for people like us, that's definitely something that we need to go. Okay, we're getting the the Goonies together, and we're all going to get this nice Airbnb cabin out in Shenandoah, and we're all going to go out there this weekend. And when we smoke it, you smoke it, and we'll all be here, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Kind of that experience. It needs to be somewhere. You need to be unplugged for X amount of days before you do it. You know, no phone, no yeah, TV. Yeah, I agree. There's, you know, when the shamans do the ayahuasca rituals, there's a lot of food and alcohol, shit like that, that they don't have them consume for X amount of days before the trip because the chemicals that's in that stuff affects your brain and then affects your experience. Um, same as with, like I'm saying, unplugged from TV and your phone and stuff. All of those visuals that you take in with those couple days are going to kind of plug into your trip a little bit. Right. Um, you might 
create your own realities somewhat, if that makes sense. No, definitely makes sense. <clears throat> um, but yeah, so that's like, you know, interdimensional travel. I, I traveled a lot last year and I knew that interdimensionally you, or just nationally. <laughs> a little bit of both. <laughs> I went to Boston and traveled interdimensionally. I went to I went to Kentucky and, and traveled interdimensionally, man. When I went to Bowling Green, Kentucky, I have such a strong connection with that town and I think it's because of all those the mushrooms that I gobbled up. And uh quite a possibility. There's a lot of good people there though, man. There's just the something about the vibe and the culture and the way that people treat you. And maybe that's just being out of town and going, I'm a comedian and being fucked up and people wanting to show you that my town's cool. You know, if you and right. I, if we were all downtown after this at Cap Ale or Brock's or whatever. I'm going to slide this over. Just that's fine. Real quick. And somebody came in and was like, you know, I'm from out of town or whatever. We'd be kind of wanting to show them a good time. You know, I want to show you that Fredericksburg yeah. is fun. Even though all of us definitely have moments that we're like. And we also know that Fredericksburg's not fun. Exactly. Exactly. There's definitely moments of that. So. Um, you know, that could be part of it too, why I love Bowling Green so much, but that's my travels. I know that you, with your girlfriend, you guys go to a lot of music festivals and stuff. Well, we try to, um, last year we went to Buku Music and Arts Festival in New Orleans and then Lost Lands Festival in Ohio. Buku in New Orleans sounds like a lot of fun. It what was a lot of fun it? from what I remember. It's festival season, so summer. Um, it was actually, what was it, March? Yeah, it was late I, I March. See a, I see a head It was nod. like late March, yeah. Um, so but, not uh, long after Mardi Gras. Right, right. It was Yeah, it was a couple weeks after Mardi Gras, I believe. And uh, it was it was a great time, man. We uh, randomly ran into a dude that I know from here at home um, that I hadn't seen in like eight years. That's he, really cool. He bought a school bus and converted it into a hippie living area and drove away one day and never saw him again. And wow. I saw, ran into him. He was owning a liquor store and some bars down there. So nice. we uh, he showed us a good time around town, introduced us to some locals and some local spots and it was a really good time, and uh, then we got, well, I, I I got really fucked up while we were there, man, um, and uh, so I, I need to go back and do it a little less fucked up, um, but... Uh, Actually experience it? Yeah, 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 the, the whole like town to do... and everything. I walked through the whole town, I just don't remember most of it. Right. Um, What's that meme? It's like, I, I love listening to music at the Drugs Festival. You're yeah, kind of having right. that experience, right? Yeah, well, it kind of. I mean, see, in New Orleans, you, I mean, they don't have their liquor laws are so different. Right. You know, you get they're first off, the bars never close, never close. Their windows are all closed, so you can't see even see what time it is outside. And uh, you can also leave with your drinks, and you can buy liquor and drink it in the streets. So. Yeah, so I've seen like you know I have family that's gone there, but I've seen the people with the. Um, I mean, it's almost as fucking tall as me, like the big thing, and you have the strap for it. <laughs> like you walk around town with this strap, with this giant alcoholic drink that can yeah, last man. you all day. Yeah, Just dude. Get you they're, um, they're it's it's. Excuse Heaven. me, it's an it's nah. I wouldn't say that. Um, maybe a little short of short of that, but uh, it's it's a it's definitely another culture down there. Um, as my girlfriend likes to say, they get, give you enough rope to hang yourself with. You can do all this stuff, but you know, if you act too out of turn, they're definitely gonna, they're definitely gonna get you. Right. I remember you guys telling me that before, that, that exact expression that, yeah, you can drink in the street and this, that, and the other, but as soon as you start acting a fool and act wild, 
it's off to the slammer. Yeah, man. You know, pay pay the mm-hmm. fine. Exactly, exactly. And I mean, when we went to Ohio for Lost Lands, that was very different because you know that town. That's a you know a town in the bumfuck middle of the Midwest, and nobody gives it. You know, nobody's ever heard of EDM or or all this stuff out right, there, or the, or the people that do know about it are going to the festival, and you know, but uh, they. Um, they weren't ready for 30,000 people there, um, for sure. We you know, we got there in the morning, went to a Walmart to get some last-minute stuff, and there was just all these locals there like, oh, man, what's going on? It was crazy, Like it was man. a national emergency right, or something. Right, right, right. It was, it was insane. Um, and so it's, it's just funny how drastically different you know New Orleans is from here and then here is from Ohio. And then those two, you know – you know, right. from each other even it's 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 just a whole other thing they were they were not not even close to ready for it well it's like i remember back you know back in the day we used to have when i was a kid the liquor stores weren't open on sundays you know what i mean and then when i went further now now they are and then you go further south to like you know weird parts of south carolina you go to myrtle beach and it's free for all but then you go a little bit further south you get close to georgia and everybody's a little bit more tight-knit so it's just weird how things work like that i've been to georgia too i didn't particularly like georgia that much um but i was not there for a long period of time i was there in the dead middle of summer um so it was hot and humid and uh i was not in a good area either so what part of georgia were you in atlanta Okay. And in the I was in the hood you were for like sure. In the yeah, yeah. Lord, hanging yeah, out yeah. with Gucci Mane and shit. Exactly. No, they. I, it was. It was. It was not a pleasant experience. Yeah. Um, so uh, when I was in Georgia, we were in Augusta, and we were not in like you know the Masters Augusta, you know PGA Tour part of town. We were over in the other half of town where like you know the garbage men throw up gang signs when they ride, <laughs> and we were living in a. Yeah, we were living in an apartment complex that had a similar vibe. We are actually tripping one night, and a fucking murder investigation was going on at, like, the apartment next door. I believe that. So that's the type of shit. Other than that, I enjoyed it because I was there during the winter, and it was, like, 60-something degrees the whole time. So I got to avoid the Virginia winter, you know, because we get the... We have a lot of moisture around here from the Chesapeake Bay, so in summertime it's super yeah. humid and nasty, and in wintertime it's just got that that moist chill to the yep. get y'all wet and cold. Yeah, so I didn't mind being in Georgia that much. Um, you said something about that guy converting that bus into something to travel in. That's something I want to do so bad. I want like an RV or a bus and something to go. Yeah, man, he bought that bus for like two grand. Really, two grand. That's amazing. That's amazing. I wonder how much it cost him to like refurbish it and stuff, but a lot less than it would cost to go buy a brand new RV. If you do it yourself. Yeah, right, right. That's very true. I mean, you get a lot of furniture at Goodwill. All you got to do is really, how much is it going to cost you to tear the seats out? Nothing. You know, minus the tools to like do it. But, you know, I got tools. I'll help you do it. Um, Are we doing this? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. All right. And then you can, uh, yeah, and then you can, yeah, mobile podcast. Um, That is something that we were talking about recently. That is something that we were talking about. It's something that I was talking about with um, when I was with Treesus and uh, Spenny. With oh, Lumber yes, Labs. I remember Treesus. Yeah, that's something we were supposed to do too, but uh, just the way everything was working out, you know, we kind of, I had to come home. And honestly, me being with them was kind of holding the situation back because 
their traveling freelance independent crew looking for work from different companies to be subcontracted. And it's like the more people that you have trying to get money, trying to get paid, the harder it is to find work for that. So, um, you know, that's still something that I want to do on my own. And that's something that they're still doing. So it's definitely possible. You know what I mean? It's definitely possible. And I think it's a fun a fun thing to do. It fits with the culture of everything I'm doing. They enjoy the trip and the fucking Greyhound bus lifestyle. God, I hope I never have to ride one of those. Have you yeah. ever rode a Greyhound? No, no. Uh, well, I mean, aside from a school field trip, no. <laughs> um, I've, uh, I've either traveled by train, car, or uh, flying. So. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've, shit, dude, I rode a Greyhound. But I've driven far, man. I've driven to Iowa. I've driven to really? Florida. I really? Mean, you Niagara Falls, for? Canada. What'd you go to Iowa for? That's where my mother is from, and so we uh-huh. would we would drive out there occasionally to see my grandfather. That's a nice ride. And her, and her brother. That's a nice ride for sure. Not really. Not as a small child. No, not like not like. Oh, this is nice, enjoyable. Like that is a nice amount of time to spend on the road. That that is a long amount of time to be driving. Yeah, it took a couple of days usually. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, I mean. Whatever, go see grandpa, and uh, right. we used to take the middle seat out of the minivan, lay like a few comforters down in there, and so me and my brother just like lay down in the middle, and we had this like tiny little travel TV with the built-in VCR. Um, we just watch the same movies over and over and over for days. <laughs> I know, I know how that goes. We were talking earlier about uh, Pineapple Express, and that's just one of those movies I used to leave in the DVD player. You know what I mean? It yeah, would turn man. It off and I flip it back on. Yeah, yeah. We were just watching that the other day. It was uh, like I said, it was it was awesome, man. Classic. Um, I can't remember what we used to watch in there. Some some weird off-brand movies that never even probably made it to. to to uh, theater, I right? Some, straight to straight to VHS. You had like the uh, ten horror movies, fucking on one DVD pack yeah. or whatever that you something got like, through. Line. It was like something like Petey the Sparrow or something like that. I know, I definitely remember watching Pete's Dragon, the old school one, a bunch of times. Oh my god! So you go to a lot of music festivals. What I know, you're a DJ. And that you're 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 making your own music right now. That's something you're in the process of well, doing. What's your, what's your like go to when you want to listen to music? I mean, I guess it depends on your mood. But what's what's your favorite genre? You know, what what do you go for? That's 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 a really hard one for me because, like you said, it depends on what mood I'm in. Um, you know, sometimes I like, you know, chill instrumental music, which could mean you know anything from like softer rock instrumental to even like more kind of on the classical side. Um, but, uh, you know, I like hip-hop, heavy metal, hard rock, electronic music, obviously, dubstep. Um, yeah, and a, lot, a lot of different kinds of electronic music as well. Um, the only thing I don't really, really like is new country, newer country. Um, you know, I like Johnny Cash. I like Willie Nelson. And, I'm the uh, same way. You know, same Hank way. Williams and them. So I will give Sturgill Simpson and uh, Chris Stapleton their credit. Those are like two country artists that are current. That I can listen to. Who's the guy you were telling me about the other day? This is Sturgill Simpson. The turtle's all the way down. No, not that guy. Not that guy. The guy that makes fun of oh, the yeah, um, yeah, country music. Wheeler Walker Jr. There we go. There yeah, we go. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to check him out check yet. That out. Maybe we, we can uh, listen to one of his songs when we're like walking back downtown to go grab a drink. Sounds good. Tear shit up downtown. 
<laughs> By the way, if if anybody in Fredericksburg area is listening to this, once the podcast is over, we're probably going to go float around downtown, have a couple drinks somewhere. Um, me, Evil Monster, Andy Schuster, and his love, Katie, who's over there on her phone, we'll all be downtown floating around. So come check us the fuck out and like tell us that we suck or whatever. You know, I don't care. Love, Katie. Can you give me another beer? <laughs> Love Katie. Uh, Katie, you the best. Know it. Yes, Evil Monsters manager. She's famous too. We'll have her on another podcast. Well, it's one of my two managers. I also have uh, DJ Chubb. Yeah, let's talk about Chubb for a second and Noise Ninjas because yeah. I know that I went to your show recently. It was supposed to be a. I don't want to. I don't want to bash anybody. I don't want to drop names. So well, let's just say someone else was supposed to headline. They weren't able to show up. And uh, you ended up headlining, man, and your people were out there, and it was so fucking cool for me to see all your people just so into your music, man. Like, you had that crowd in the palm of your hand. Thanks, man. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, yeah obviously, obviously, I was not expecting that. Um, but you killed it. You, 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 you know, you were given the challenge, you were given the opportunity, and you fucking took it, and you rocked it, dude. Well, I appreciate that, man. They, uh, a lot of it is is the energy of who you're DJing for, you know what I'm that's saying? True. You know, I can be in my room, and if I'm just DJing for myself, then yeah, I got my own energy, and that's, that's right, one thing. Right. But if I'm trying to do that, but in front of other people, it's different. Because if you're not, like, vibing with what I'm doing, then it's, it's going to not make me really feel it either. Yeah. And, so, you know, I got to definitely thank all the people that came out there, you know, for that. We had people come, you know, from from Richmond, Maryland, Maryland you know, yeah. what was Bowie, Maryland. That's, yeah. you know, that's, that's, that's far, right. man. That's and right. they, you know, um, you no, know, the love support. was real. Yeah, it was, it was, a, turned out to be a really good night, regardless of the, you know, headliner not being able to make it. And apparently, you know, it's not their fault. Um, we had a lot no, of sure storms and stuff, you know, yeah. the week earlier in that week and that day, and, you know, across the U.S. And their flight wasn't able to get in. And it's, it happens sometimes. And we yeah. had, you know, one of our other guys, they, they had some, some transit trouble as well. The vehicle they were riding in had an alternator problem. And to get another one, it was going to be too much. So no, Shit like that happens all the time. You know, I'm, I'm worried because I'm, I'm about to get a car. I know it's got high mileage. And I want to start traveling and do comedy. I already know shit like that's about to start happening to me. You know what I mean? I've already got it in my head that, all right, how can I pre-plan for this? Right. Um, not everybody can do that. You know, these. I don't know if these guys have kids or mortgages and shit like that. I don't have all this responsibility. Yeah. My life's a little bit more on the fringe where I have more freedom maybe to do that stuff. So it is, you have to be understanding of when that happens with people. And that's why I said I didn't want to name drop because... I don't know the full situation. It's not my deal, and I don't want to badmouth No, I'm not going to name drop either. I mean, in my personal opinion, though, they should have they should have been there earlier in the day, and it would have been avoided, you know. But things happen, and it's, you know, it's... But on your end, fuck it. You got their time, yeah, and you did great, dude. Exactly, exactly. Um, I'm, I'm just sad as, as a, an event promoter as well that we weren't able to fully deliver on what we were marketing the entire time right, right. for for quite some time as well yeah, so no it was uh, a while that we were all promoting that show i was a little bit salty about that but uh you know you're right it it, it turned out good for me evil monster as a as an entity itself um and you know uh we'll just we'll, we'll chalk it up to that and i'm i'm still happy with the way the ter- it turned out you know regardless especially being the first show back you know in this kind of area 
that's something I want to talk about. It's, um, you know, you're such a big music fan. You guys travel to all these festivals, and you're constantly listening to music anytime I hang out with you. But you're also a purveyor of music. You DJ. You're making your own music. You're Evil Monstar. So, how does how does the fan experience play into when you're performing or creating? Like how, you know, um, it seems like you have a really good attitude as a performer about how to handle yourself professionally and treat the crowd who paid the money to see you um, from that experience that you have. Right. Well, I mean, I'm, I, I definitely usually try to show you, you know, some stuff that you, you already know, stuff that you like, stuff that you like to sing along to, but, you know, at the same time, stuff that you've never heard before, um, and something different as well. Um, just try and keep everybody happy, you know, right. mostly. I think just being, I mean, with comedy, it's the same thing. I mean, I'm reading the Stephen King book on writing right now. And one thing that he says, and this is like writing books, you know, not writing comedy. He says, be your own audience, write to yourself. And you're such a big fan of music that I think that really helps when you make music or when you're putting together a set. If you're such a big fan, it's you're playing something for your ear. Right, and right since you built this certain culture and audience around yourself, then it's kind of an extension of that year. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've done the same thing um, with the comedy. You know what I mean? It's trying to build that around yourself. And I don't want to, I don't want to say build an echo chamber, but that's what it is. That's what it kind of is. Yeah. I mean, well, if you're an artist, that's kind of what you need to do initially because everybody that, that, you know, particular ideas resonating off of is also resonating that somewhat to the rest of the world and other people are definitely right, you right. know hearing about it even if it's just in passing um so you know a good solid core group of people is is definitely what you want to keep keep around you in, in that sort of case um you seem like you have that i noticed that at the show the other night like i said the crowd was really into you and yeah a lot of your people were there you know the, that was really impressive, seeing that many people come out and support you. Because I do comedy all the time. I never see that many people come out and support me. Well, you also have to understand there's been a lot of times where I've only had, like, a, a couple of those people, if right. any, true, show up. Um, it's, you know, that was my first show. That's basically me coming out of retirement. You know, my, my equipment that I had had got had malfunctioned and was not able to be repaired. And um, so I hadn't, hadn't really even DJed in almost two years. So, so you know, that was my like getting back into it show. No, um, no pun intended. It's Easter, but that was kind of like your resurrection. Is that what you're trying to say? You like say resurrecting that. evil monster yeah, a little bit, I suppose. So what's up with that? I think that's kind of the last conversation we'll have. Is what's what's going on with evil monster and noise ninjas chub? Let's talk about those things. Well, um, the the music scene and the DMV. I got you. Well, I mean, we got some other shows coming up. We're talking about you know. Trying to do an all-girl show, uh, well, all-female DJ, I should yeah, put yeah, that, yeah. you know, over the years of doing this and traveling and doing shows, and we've met, you know, quite a lot of different, uh, you know, female DJs that have a, a lot of talent that that's we'd really like cool. to put on. That's a good idea. Um, and so we would like to try and do something like that around here, and then, you know, occasional other shows here and there. Um, I think we'd like to branch out to, you know, D.C., Maryland, and Richmond again, um, like we were doing before. Just try and get a little bit more push with our promotion for it first um, before we go do that. Um, yeah, because right now it's only like a good 
five of us, I'd say, that are really every time something you know that right we, we share, you know, it's like us and Eric, Tony B, and Tony Chuck. Right, right. No, but that, I mean, if we book artists in those local areas, you know what I'm saying? Those people, those guys can, you know, if we say, hey, you can get paid off, you know, selling your tickets or, you know, right. if you promote, you know, we'll pay you this much, you know, for sure, you know, in addition to you playing, I think. So you what know, you're saying is you guys are trying to put on shows like, say, in Richmond, have Evil Monster at the show, have the headliner kind of type caliber person like you were having right. at the last show. But then those in-between acts around Evil Monstar and the headliner would be local people, is what you're saying. Right. Let's try and get them to, okay, promote so your Richmond people come out or your Baltimore people or whatever it is. Right. That makes a lot of sense. And that's a good way to expand the network and give other people the platform and the stage to right, do right. shit. Right, right. Because, I mean, I'm not trying to make this a friends club thing. Um, you know, I'd like to give... People who honestly are talented, good shots at, you know, right. playing a, a decent show. Um, you know, I can't do that without other people's support, though. No, so. exactly. Exactly. No, you're 100% right. And you can't you can't put up people who aren't as passionate about it or more passionate about it than you are. You know what right. I mean? Um, there's no point. Well, more passionate is fine. <laughs> just, yeah, no, just no. less passion is More passion problem. is totally fine. And um, I know the people that we work with deal with the same issues. You know what I mean? Um, it's hard to find people who, you know, with hoodie goodies, you know, we need writers. If anybody wants to write for hoodie goodies, make content. It's so hard to find somebody who's, you know, I talk to people all the time. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But when it actually comes down to, like, let's fucking do something, nobody wants to do anything. Yeah, it's it can be tough. Um, that's why, you know, a, a lot of times this time, you know, God bless Katie for, you know, helping me out and everything with us doing promo and, you know, talking to people that she knows. And when we go out, she always, you know, keeps a bunch of flyers in her purse so I can hand them out when I start talking about it or she starts talking about it. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's just the core people involved, you know, me, Chubb, Tony B and, um, everybody else. So. Yeah. And those are great guys to be working with, you know, they've been, especially Tony, Tony's been in the game for a while now, you know, he's, he's done, got a good name for himself. He's done he's, big things he's, in LA. He's, he's, he's like, he's an awesome dude too. Oh, that's, he's that's a great the, guy. That's, that's the biggest thing. So, you know, it's not someone you have to worry about giving you a bad piece of Intel or advice right. you know, that's going to set you back. Right. Um, and then Chubb, man, it seems like he's really he's really trying to push you recently. With yeah. So he that's what I was saying earlier. He he's kind of taken on being my new new manager as far as Evil Monstar himself, um, as what it were. I mean, to me, yeah. At that point, you know, what I would like Evil Monstar to be is is a team effort. I can't yeah do it all myself. I can't do all the production stuff that I would like to incorporate with it all, you know, and everything by myself. So, but this is the kind of the first step into re rebranding and, and, and making evil monster kind of more of what I always wanted it to be. Um, so I think we can make that happen, dude. I mean, you know, I want to help. you, Right. Yeah, man, absolutely. And I, you know, I, I feel like I have a good solid support system in, in, in the area. And for the most part, um, Facebook for what it's worth, but um, uh, Facebook can be frustrating sometimes. I'm currently on a ban. Yeah, yeah. And it, well, and it sucks because that's kind of my livelihood too. What I, happens when you tell people to steal from businesses? I know. I shouldn't encourage crime. Don't do crime. Quit smoking weed, everybody. You should not smoke. No, weed. No, do crimes. Ever. 
We're about to get a band now. Never, never do anything bad. Um, but <laughs> no, so that's cool, man. I'm, I'm glad that Chubb's trying to push you, and you already have that really good support group with your own group. You know, your, your Goonies, whatever you guys call yourself. Well, that that really hasn't been a thing in a long time. The Goonies, Goonies was the original rave family, and that has since literally. The only survive the members that are still like actively doing things is myself and two uh, you know two other people well, as part of that group together. Really? You know what I'm saying yeah. So we've all yeah, I mean that's that's what's left of it, and since forth gained a lot of other friends, and we're I mean we're definitely a family. We don't no, go that, by any kind of name okay, or anything. Okay. Yeah, because that family that I saw you know at your show the other night when we all hung out afterwards, that was a big group of people. That's a big support group to have, and there was a lot of love there. You know, yeah, you, you could feel definitely, it. You definitely. could feel it, and I know that you guys all go to festivals and shit together. And it seems like they just really have your back, dude. Um, and that's important. You know? It is. You it, is it is very important. You know, I was really nervous about it. And that's another reason I wasn't, like, super big into, like, getting back to DJing, you know, quickly was because I just – my heart didn't feel like it was in there. I didn't feel like people cared anymore. Um, but to, like, see everybody back out there and everything. Um, had to change it, your it mind. definitely – yeah, it definitely um, changed my mind as far as – Wanting to continue doing this, um, you know, not only for myself, but for the people that enjoy it as well. Um, yeah. Because so. it's not really my scene, at least that brand. Well, remember, this is where I met you, too, is at a rave. <laughs> that that so. is where we met. I mean, and that hey, that was my first time at one. You know what I mean? So, th- two weeks ago, that was my second time at one. You know, so I, I oh, was... Oh, you haven't been to any in between? No, dude. Oh, so, you know, I'm kind of out of place a little bit. Um, yeah, they're... They were a little compact. They were, uh, uh, what's, what's a, what's a fancy word that we could say? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know what you're going for. It's fine. But we, I'm going to be honest, Andy and I hung out before this and, uh, we're a little inebriated. Let's, let's not lie to the people. Cheers. Dilly dilly. Cheers. Happy Easter, everybody. Diddly diddly. <laughs> All right. Before we go, anything else you want to talk about? Anything you want to plug? Any shows coming uh, yeah, up? Yeah, um, playing a festival in North Carolina called Lost in the Woods. Oh, um, I got the invite to that the other day. Yeah, check it out. Um, it's going to be, I think it's just, I think it's only $50. It's a weekend long. There's probably like 50 different DJs playing from, you know, dubstep to drum and bass to house to okay. electro to trance to... Anything that you could want. I'm sure there's going to be people playing guitars around. Um, it's in Jacksonville, North Carolina. Are you? Can you guarantee that there will be a hippie playing Wonderwall on a guitar at someone's campsite? Ah, uh, well, if there, if if not, if you can then, guarantee I'm, then that. I will play it. Okay, okay, okay. So I'm there. I'll be there. I'll, I, I'll be there if Fair that enough. is happening. No, but um, that's cool. They're having all those different brands because. The, the last show that I was at was like a little too heavy for me um, in particular. but So that's going to be cool. That's exciting. We'll share that from your page and all my pages tomorrow night when I get off my band. Uh, that's it. The yeah. Lost in the Woods. And Evil check Monster. out Evil Monstar on Facebook or Evil Monstar Music on Instagram. Okay, Evil Monstar Music on Instagram. And we'll yeah. throw that in the description and shit too. Um, for me, the outro, Evil Monstar, you can follow comedian Scott Wharton 
on Facebook. Enjoy the trip. Or no, no, no. Enjoy the trip is just a thing that I say. Uh, this is not art on Facebook. You can try and join the This Is Not A Facebook group. Good luck. Uh, follow Noise Ninjas for Tony Chubster and Andy. And who else is in Noise Ninjas? There's a couple other DJs too, right? Tony, Tony B. Tony B. Also Delicious Digital Tony B. Yes. Follow DJ Tony B as well. He's also with Hoodie Goodies and everything that we're doing. Very important to the cause. And then last but not least, a big, big thank you to 360 Real Talk for letting us use this beautiful forest that we're in today. Um... You're the man, dude. Took Thank a long time to grow all this. This weed. guy, this guy took. He came in here on Sunday. He's been on vacation all week. He like, grew it over a week. Yeah, all he, this week grew in a week. But for real, um, so follow 360 Real Talk. Hit them up if maybe you want to do a podcast or something too. Uh, if I can do it, literally anybody can do it. So that's it. That's true. That's it. That's it for us. Wait, do we want to plug the groups now? Yeah, um, my group's secret. Uh, my group's secret, too. But yeah, our groups are secret. If you want in on the group, hit us up. Yeah, DM us. Send nudes to me, not Andy. Yeah, don't send them to me. <laughs> don't, don't send them to me. All right, y'all. Peace and love.